and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Who had a great Thanksgiving? Who had, like, the best Thanksgiving? Like, your turkey was just where it needed to be. Uh, you know, anyone had a great, great Thanksgiving, like a memorable Thanksgiving? There's a couple of people. Okay, cool. Uh, well, maybe you didn't know this about me, but my favorite holiday out of all of them, including Christmas, is Thanksgiving. I absolutely love Thanksgiving. I've really never had a bad Thanksgiving. I mean, you, there's no stress really to Thanksgiving. You don't have to be thinking about gifts and presents and all these things and like the reciprocity of gifts. Like, if you got me this, now I have to give you this or something all you got to be is like hungry willing and able right and and just like at the table on time it's super easy it's just one of those random days where you can say I'm on my fifth plate and people like clap and give you high fives and like it's a great day yeah and I don't know if you know this but it, you know not not every country celebrates Thanksgiving because every country has a different history to it so to, to be able to be here and celebrate Thanksgiving is just a tremendous blessing to me uh, and it's a day where you do give thanks and one of the things I'm very thankful for is our church, Word of Life. How many are thankful for you, for this church? I don't say it because I'm, I'm here on stage. I say it because we have the opportunity with my wife to, to, to travel and go to a lot of churches. And when we're at other churches, uh, we, we really miss this church. <laughs> and and not, nothing bad to the other churches or anything. But listen, this church just has a specific blessing on it. Like your, your worship team here is a tremendous blessing. How they minister, you know, not only their talent but they're anointing to minister. Hey, you don't find it everywhere. And sometimes we just grow accustomed to it. But, but listen, this is a blessing, and it's a continual blessing every Sunday. Because, I mean, maybe if you want to travel with me, you will see what I'm talking about. Where There, there are some worship services where I want it to be done. Uh, because, like, the anointing is leaving. <laughs> so I need it to be finished. But listen, if you're watching and you're from another church, we love you too. Uh, but welcome. Welcome to Word of Life, and, and I'm thankful for this church, thankful for family. I'm also thankful for this country, and it's something that maybe is not said uh, too often anymore, but uh, America is a blessing with all its faults. I, I have the opportunity to, you know, to, to have lived in other countries before, and listen, when I tell other people about what happens here in America, they can't believe it. This country is so blessed. Like, this is gonna, this is just gonna sound trivial to you, but just like free refills, like, just, just telling someone about free refills in Colombia, they're like, they do what? I'm like, yeah, you can drink, and then they'll come and fill it again and just charge you one time. And it's like, what is this place? Is this heaven? It's like, no, it's Mississippi. It's 
it's close to heaven because of all the abundance, but it, it really is that way. I mean, I, I tell people, listen, in America, there are 64-ounce cups. Like, you could feed a family with it, and you can just keep it for yourself. And they're like, what is this place you are talking? Take us to this place. And it's like, well, it's called Flowood, Mississippi. It's Rankin County. You're invited. You know, that's where that's where my daughter was born. And I, I absolutely love this city. I love this state. I love this country. And we call it blessed. It is a blessing to be in this country. How many, how many know it's not perfect, but it is a blessing. And so I, I'm truly thankful. And this past Thanksgiving, uh, we got to hang out with, with Pastor Joel and his family. And we always have a lot of fun. And while, while we're spending our time, you know, eating our fourth and fifth plates and, you know, the sweet potatoes. You know, Colombia doesn't have sweet potatoes. Uh, it's something that doesn't exist. And so, like, there's a lot of countries in South America that don't have sweet potatoes. So you're, like, trying to explain it. It's like a French fry, but it's sweet and it's delicious and it'll, like, dance in your mouth. And then you put marshmallows on the sweetness. And it's just, like, people don't understand. And so I'm, I'm eating these sweet potatoes and I'm thanking God for it. And I'm reminded reminded about the, the first time I, uh, we, we came to the States with my wife. We, we moved to start a missions organization and everything. And during that time, uh, we were in a season where financially it was pretty dry. Uh, it, it was it was a pretty rough season financially. We, we were just like barely making it. Like, we were at a point where blueberries were expensive. I don't know if you've ever been at that point where, like, you look at the blueberries and you're like, no, like, we, we won't be eating blueberries today because they are just pretty expensive. That little box, and you look at it, it's like, ooh, that's like half my rent sometimes. And, and so, and so we, we were celebrating Thanksgiving. We were living in Dallas, and we had some friends that came to visit us. And one of the reasons why they came to visit us was because they were going to lend us uh, their inflatable bed because we had no bed. And so... So they were going to let us sleep on their inflatable bed, which, like, that's the whole thing. I, I thank God we don't have an inflatable bed anymore because it was just getting weird. Because, like, if Carolina was having a bad dream, I started having a bad dream. Like, it's just like we, we were syncing up our bad dreams all the time. And it was just, I, I didn't like that. But it was it was where we were at financially. And and this couple that came to visit us, they, they, they had this their kid. And when they walked in. They, they told us that they had certain, like, dietary restrictions. One, they were vegan. So that just makes it for a weird Thanksgiving because it's like, so you guys don't eat turkey? Like, no, we, we eat tofu. I was like, what about the turkey? Like, I, it's like, no, we eat tofu and stuff. So we're, like, trying to find cheap tofu <laughs> and stuff at that time. And so it was just a, a very weird experience. And then they said, and their kid, they, he only ate blueberries. So I looked at the kid. We, like, locked eyes. And I'm like, get ready to be hungry because... I'm not buying you blueberries. <laughs> Those are expensive right now. And we did. We bought him like a box of blueberries and he was eating them all up. I'm like, you got to pace yourself because you're going to be here three days and that's all you got. <laughs> like, look, you, you got to take it easy. And so there was just like this, this frustration at that time. And then during that time, I was working at Amazon as well. And it just so happened that at the time we were working at Amazon, uh, we all got a bonus at that, at that warehouse. It was a very small bonus, but it was a bonus. So I'm happy we got a bonus. I call Carolina. I'm like, listen, there's going to be blueberries tonight. Uh, 
because we we got a we we got a bonus, and so I, I go and I tell Carolina, you know, this is how much we got, and it was it was very small. And she said, why don't you why don't you send that to your dad? Like let's give let's bless your parents. And I look at her, I'm like, oh, they, they don't like they have enough. They don't need we need this. Like they don't need this. They have enough blueberries. Like we have no blueberries. And, and, and I told her like, no, no, like we're the ones that are supposed to be receiving the blessing, not being the ones that are blessing. Like this is the season we are in right now. And I, I'm thankful for, for a wife that is led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and she was like, no, I think we should. So so we did. We, we sent it to my parents. Uh, many of you know uh, my story with my dad at that time we were at a rough moment uh, we weren't talking with each other a lot uh, that's one of the reasons why we traveled thousands of miles away from him uh, to, to Dallas was because of what was happening we're all good now we're, we're very good friends we talk with each other all the time it, it's great but at that time that's what we did and my dad sends a text and it's just one of these you know like a thank you uh, so anyway I'm a little confused frustrated but then fast forward uh, a couple of years later uh, to last Thursday. Uh, and, and last Thursday, we are, you know, eating dinner. Financially, we're in a good, stable place. We've been blessed. We have testimonies throughout the years. And I was just looking back, and I was just thanking God for it. And this past week, an investment came in, and my wife saw it, and she said, why don't we give your parents, you know, some of the investment?" And so I, I've, I'm smarter now than I was four years ago. So I'm like, okay. So uh, so we sent it to my dad and my mom. Uh, my, my dad is a man of few words, uh, but that's because my mom says all the words. Uh, and so my mom, like, sent us a text. Like, I love you guys. You're amazing. It basically said I'm her favorite son. And so don't tell my brothers, but I am. And, and, <laughs> and then my dad sends us a text. And he's a man of few words. So he says, thank you so much for the offering. And then he says, thank you for the honey and the rock. Uh, and so my, my dad's a very deep person uh, in the word. So I had to kind of go back and just read and study what that meant. And that's kind of what I want to share with you today uh, about the honey and the rock. Now, the, the, the word of God says, if you go with me to Psalms 81, uh, Psalms 81, we're going to read the whole chapter. Is it okay if we read a lot of the word today? Because uh, th there's something I'm continually learning is it's fun to tell stories. It's fun to tell testimonies. I believe that there's an anointing to telling a testimony because testimonies become prophecies. And what I mean by that is when you remind yourself by telling someone else about how good God has been, you are also at the same time simultaneously prophesying about how good God will continue to be in your life, about how good, will, how good God will be in your future as well. Why? Because God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he has been good, it's just, uh, it's just showing how good he continues to be because he is unwavering. He is unchangeable. His mercies are new every morning. He, he will not change. He will not stop. It's why he's worthy of your praise. Amen. 
So uh, as we tell these testimonies, you know, there's an anointing to them. And actually in, in Revelations 19.10, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That as you testify, you're at the same time, you are prophesying your praise. That when you, it's one of those things that we need to have as a habit is reminding ourselves of, about how good God has been. But at the same time, telling this to other people, you have to be in the habit of telling people about what God has done in your life because when you do that it aligns you and it aligns your faith to continue to believe that if he has done it before that he can do it again that if he's been faithful in your finances before, that he can continue to be faithful in your finances. That if, he, if he's been faithful with your healing, that he can continue to be faithful in your healing. That God isn't someone that has healed, but he continues to heal. Man, he's not someone that has provided. He is a provider. He, he's not someone that has protected. He continues to protect you that no matter what the weapon is, you still win because the, the weapon, you know, may be formed, but it won't prosper. Why? Because God is with you and God is on your side. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Like these are just things that may make you align. And as you tell it to other people, your faith starts to rise. So Psalms 81 says, sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Well, testimonies, you know, can become prophecies, but it's the word that will remain. That we, we can't only fill our lives with testimonies and stories. We need to be filled with the word of God and build our life on the word of God. We got to be strong in the word of God. It, 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 there's power to the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain. We need more of the word of God. So it says, sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music, strike the timbrel, play the melodious harp and lyre. Sound the ram's horn at the new moon. And when the moon is full on the day of our festival, which is the festival of tabernacles, this is a decree for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. When God went out against Egypt, he established it as a statute for Joseph. I heard an unknown voice say, I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress, you called and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear me, my people, and I will warn you, if you would only listen to me, Israel, you shall have no foreign God among you. You shall not worship any God other than me. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you you. Now, the, the, the first part of this chapter alludes to uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, and it's a commandment that God gave the people of Israel uh, to celebrate this feast as a remembrance of their time in the wilderness. That there, there, there's a habit that we need in our life, and it's to remind ourselves of who God has been in our bad times. Like, we sometimes just celebrate that we 
we're, we're out of the bad times. But sometimes we have to look back and remind ourselves about how good God has been through the bad times. How many today could give a testimony of the goodness of God through the bad times? Our testimony is not that we've had you know, no bad times. Our testimony is that we've been through some stuff, but we, we've, we've been with God. And because we've been with God, you know, he has been good. And we've seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. And we might be out, but God is still with us. That true blessing comes from acknowledging that we have him. But, but something that we got to learn in life in general is that life continues to be a wilderness that life if you just let anything good exist in this life it will probably turn bad imagine your turkey for a minute if you leave that turkey you know at the table for three hours it'll go cold just because it exists in, on this earth if you leave it out for three days it'll go bad if you leave it out for three weeks it becomes a health hazard and what did you have to do? You just had to let it exist in this life. This, this, there's a law to thermodynamics called the law of entropy, the second law of thermodynamics, that says that if you leave things to, to their, take their natural course, it'll always go bad. And it's the same with relationships. If you just let a relationship take its course without divine intervention, it'll probably go bad. If you a new job opportunity, it might start out well, but if you just leave it, it, it take its own course without divine intervention, it'll probably turn bad. You start to find out that your, your boss is the Antichrist, right? Like you, you start to find out these random things and you're like, I thought this is what I wanted. But, but that's because we live in a wilderness and life will never set satisfied when you are pursuing things that are in this wilderness have you ever pursued something that once you got it brought you joy for a minute but then all of a sudden you're you're back to everything that's normal you know i've i've come to find out that people that put their affections on things that are from this earth become easy targets for the devil because all it takes is a door ding and then your joy is gone. You know, all it takes is for your shoes to be creased a little bit. And then that joy that you had, it's gone. It's, a, it's an easy target. And there's people that put all their affections on the things of this earth instead of putting their affections on the things that are above. Placing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Putting your affections on the things above. Putting your sight on the things that are above. Put your eyes on Jesus instead of the things of this earth. See, there, there's people that are walking like penguins not wanting to crease their shoes, and then the devil's just laughing because he knows all it takes is for someone to step on those shoes, and then the joy is gone. All it takes, oh, you, so and the, devil, the devil will look at you, and you, you're driving your new car, and your joy is put in this car. All it takes is some person that randomly just opens their door way too quick, hits your car, and there goes your joy. And that, that's what happens when you live in the wilderness. And it's why we have to be wise of where we put our affections. Understand that the things of this earth and the things of this life will never satisfy. St. Augustine said it this way. You have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it rests in you. That you never find true rest, true joy, the sweetness of life until you find him. 
that a lot of people are pursuing the things of this earth instead of pursuing the creator of this earth. That a lot of us are trying to be filled with stuff of life instead of be filled with the God of life. That a lot of us are just looking for things that, that, that can pass away in an instant, which is why our joy fluctuates so much. Because we were created for God. We were, be, we were created to be filled by him. We, we, were, we were created to rest in him. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, the world can no more satisfy the soul than the drop can satisfy the ocean. It's why the psalmist said in Psalm 62 verse 1, my soul finds rest in God alone. That your emotions, your soul in the middle of the wilderness will only find rest when you find him. Not when you find what he can do for you. Because a lot of people, they'll, they'll come to church, and, and the Lord said it this way to me, is because they come to church, you come to church, and then you leave with you. It's why instead of coming to church and leaving with him, more of his presence, more of his word, and you're like, well, well, I come to church, but I come with the list. And that's fine. God is a provider. How many of you know God can provide? He will provide. He has provided. Like That's who he is. He wants to bless you. Before there was a curse on this earth, God blessed this earth. Like That's his jerk reaction is to bless you. But at the same time, true blessing doesn't come from what God can give you. True blessing comes from who God is. By having God himself living and abiding in you that you are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. That you have never been more blessed by having God inside of you. That is true blessing. That is where you find rest. Not by what he can do for you, but because of who he is in you. And that's where your soul comes to rest. But one, in Psalms 81, one thing that we have to acknowledge is that we live in the wilderness. But number two, it's not just that we live in the wilderness, but there is a rock in the wilderness. And that rock is Christ. It represents God and his provision. And there's something that we are meant to do when we go through struggles, when we go through problems, or just when we go through life in general. And it's mentioned in Proverbs 18, verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it, and they are safe. Where are you running to? Who are you running towards? What are the, if you were to write down the goals of your life, it usually will, will mention or usually will show where you are running to. And a lot of us are running to a better career, which is fine. A lot of us are running for a better financial moment, which is fine. But the word of God says that none of these things will satisfy. But the righteous run to God and they are found safe. It's one thing that I've noticed throughout the years. It's not something that I have done that has added to my life. It's who God has been in my life. That now I can look around over my shoulder, look at the past, and say, wow, God has truly been good. God has truly been great. Worthy of my praise. Worthy of my worship. Because it hasn't been about my grind. It hasn't been uh, about who I am. It's been all about him and all about his glory. 
glory. It's because his hand has been upon my life. It is because his grace has been upon my life. It is because his angels have camped around me. It is because of his glory and his grace that I stand before you today better than what I've been, but also knowing that I'm not looking back at the good old days. I'm looking forward to the good old days because the best is still yet to come because in God it's ever increasing. Amen. Now, sometimes I get shouty and sometimes I'll say it's my Colombian. Today, it's a little bit of my Pentecostal in there. Like, I, I, I came in the car today listening to Ron Canoli. I, and you got to be a very specific type of charismatic to know who Ron is. Uh, but, but I'm listening to Ron Canoli. I'm listening to, I can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop. Hey! And then, like, it, it gets me. So I'm like super excited. But why am I excited? It's not just a moment. It's not just an emotion. God, God has been way too good for me to be quiet. God has been way too good for me to not give him all the glory and all the praise. I'm excited because I'm not there. But I'm also excited because of where I am going and where God is taking me. I can see it now. So excuse my screaming. It's just my faith blurting out some stuff. <laughs> Is he not worthy today? See, God, God tells his people in Psalms 81, it's like, remember the Feast of Tabernacles. And then he mentions, remember what I did at Meribah. And he's reminding them, remember what I did when you found the rock. In the middle of the wilderness, you found a rock. And what did I do? Exodus 17, verse 6 says, I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. What happens when you are found at the rock? Miracles happen. Unexpected things happen. Things that you don't deserve happen. Things that don't make sense start to happen. That is what happened. You might find yourself in the wilderness. And listen, if you turn on the news, you will find out that you're in the wilderness. Like the like history right now is telling us that maybe the direction that this world is going is not the best. But the, the word of God says that if you build yourself upon the rock, if you build your house and your life upon the rock, Jesus even said that he will build his church church on the rock and the gates of hell will not prevail so it doesn't matter where the direction of this world is going i have built my life upon this rock where miracles happen where the glory of god abides where the miraculous things start to happen in my life it's a true testimony of who he is numbers 20 11, what happened at the rock then moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff and water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank imagine this they're at the rock in the middle of the desert when we say wilderness in the bible it's not like a forest and mountains wilderness it's actually a desert where life doesn't grow where things go to die really and in the middle of their traverse through the desert they find a rock and at the rock they find the life that wilderness cannot provide so i want to remind you that when you find the rock that is jesus you find something that the world can never provide to you you find something that only god can supply that only god can provide and it's found at the rock where are you running to today Hopefully it's the rock. Moses raised his arm. And it says, and actually Paul, 
when he, when he remembered about this place, he wrote it in 1 Corinthians 10, 4. says, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. So Paul, as he was writing, he gets this revelation. He understands it. it's not about a stone in the desert. It's about who Jesus is in your life. And he knew that it, just like that rock, when they went to the rock in the middle of the desert and they found something miraculous, when you are in the middle of this desert that is this life, but you find Jesus, you find a drink, you find something that the world cannot provide, that you might be filled to overflowing. That's why Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. And you will find rivers of living water. And, it, and if you ever were at a church that was Pentecostal, it, it says, and out of your belly, right? And, you know, it just hits different because you, you, it, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. What is he talking about? That when you meet Jesus, when you, when you plant your life in Jesus, when you build your life on who the rock is, then something supernatural starts flowing and overflowing to where you not only get answers to prayer, you start becoming the answer to someone's prayer. That now your life is more than just I'm a blessed life. Now your life is now I'm going to bless other people because of how good God has been. That the point of life is not just receiving who God is the point of life is taking who that God is and, make, and then expanding it to others blessing other people because it's much more than just for you Charles Spurgeon said Christ alone is the mighty rock on which the church rests the rock against which the proud gates of hell shall not prevail so number one there is a wilderness that is this life it's something we just have to live with. We have to acknowledge. You know, life is not perfect. There's problems in life. There's dryness to life. You know, th things, w w when it rains at the desert, the, the sand immediately sucks out all the water. And the only place you can find water is at a rock. Because it, it's, it's waiting for you. There's a place of blessing. It, actually, if you study it, at, at the rock, you know, it, during the day, it would cast a shadow. So people would go to the rock to avoid the heat. But then the rock itself would absorb the heat so that at night it would be warm for people to sleep. There's just, there's just better blessing at the rock. There's just, even in the details. How many of you know God is not just the God of the big things? He's a God of the details. Where it's not just the big gesture, it's also found in the small details, the warmth that night. You know, and, and so number one, there is a wilderness, but number two, there is a rock in the wilderness. And then number three, there is honey in that rock. Now, now what is honey? Now, if you know me, if you've heard me at any point uh, in time, you know I hate two things. I hate the devil and I hate wasps. And, and almost like at the same level. And, and bees, like I, I have mixed feelings with bees because I like the honey. Uh, but they also scare me because I think they want to sting me all the time. I've never been stung by a bee or a wasp. And that's because I've always run away from them. Like I, 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 I know that... You know, they want to attack me, so I just run. If you see me running, there's probably a bee behind me. Uh, and, and so this, this, is, this is my testimony. <laughs> uh, but at, at the same time, and actually here in the States, now, now you guys got like weird wasps. Because like in Colombia, we have one type of wasp. And it's like the little yellow small wasp, and that's it. But here, you have like underground wasps. Like uh, you have the, the, the black, the blue, the, the big red ones, the stuff. Like it's enormous, and we got a cat 
cast that out. But that's probably, that's probably like another message about taking authority over wasps. But, but if you read about what honey is, uh, honey is the fruit of bees' labor of hundreds of hours of millions of flowers that have been pollinated for you to it found in one cup of honey there's millions of flowers that have been pollinated uh and it's actually a weird process because they actually have to eat it and regurgitate it and everything for you to uh, eat the honey but it, it honey is one of the sweetest things found on earth it's actually in the guinness world what do you call it It'll, book of world records i'm sorry my spanish is trying to like get in um so as one of the sweetest things on earth, and it's the product of, you know, the fruit of their labor for hours and hours and hours. And it's found in rocks in the desert. It literally, when you go, it, when God said you will find a land flowing with milk and honey, it, it was actually because in the crevices of these rocks, you know, the, the bees would start to like get in and then there would be so much honey that it would start pouring out. What's interesting about this is that at that time, the only people that would eat honey was royalty. No one else had access to honey. Now we can go to Kroger and just buy it, right? And, it's, and put it on your chicken, and it's delicious. Uh, but at that time, only royalty would buy it. So imagine the promise of God. He's like, when, when you go to the rock, I will feed you with the finest wheat, and then you will find honey at the rock. And they're like, wait a minute, but only royalty gets to eat that. But that's the blessing of God upon your life, that God will bless you with unmerited blessings. That's the grace of God. You know, you, you, don't, you don't deserve it. You haven't worked for it. You know, it's not part of your resume, and then, but you still receive it. Where, where do you find what kings eat? I found it at the rock. Well, where did you find? Did, did you work for that? No, I just got, I just went to the rock. Well, where is that on your resume? It's not. It's just how good God is. See, because sometimes we think that if we can fabricate a testimony based on how good we've been, that God would get the glory. But it's actually the opposite. God wants to bless you to a point where people know it can't be you. How many receive that today? I receive it. Not because I don't want to work harder. Now we got to work. Consider the ant. That's what the Bible says. But at the same time, God is so good. He's not waiting for you to work it all out. He's got it prepared for you. All you have to do is, and he said, I will feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey on the rock. It's not something you have to work for. It's not something you have to find. You just have to learn how to abide. That the moment you abide in him and his words abide in you. The moment you start meditating on his word day and night, there is a prosperity that comes into your life. And when we say prosperity, it's not that you win the lottery. It's that there's forward progress. That there keeps being more. It's just progressing. How is your life progressing when the economy is regressing? It's like, oh, it's because it's the honey on the rock. I have found the rock that is Jesus Christ. And I am eating what royalty eats at the rock. I am finding unmerited favor, unmerited blessings, because I have found him. I have found Jesus. And upon that rock, I have built my life. Psalms 81, 16, but I would feed you with the finest of the wheat 
and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. But it says, I would. What does he mean, I would? Well, because there are certain things, certain conditions for receiving. He says, if you want the finest of the wheat and the honey of the rock, there are certain things that you can do. And we'll finish with this. Three conditions to receiving the finest of wheat. Three conditions to receiving the honey at the rock. Number one, I wrote it this way, praise on schedule. That praise and thanks, thanksgiving shouldn't be a day, it should be a lifestyle. That praise is not something that is a result of your emotions. It's something that you do in spite of your emotions. That whether you feel like it or not, God is worthy of your praise. Which is why in Psalms 81, he starts out by saying, listen, sing. And people sometimes respond, oh, but I don't feel it. No, 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 sing because he, he's that good. Trust me, start to sing, start to praise, that your emotions will eventually find out why. Have you ever been at that moment where you, you're in your car, you're a little grumpy, but then all of a sudden there's this, this song that's just playing. And then by the end of the trip, you, you just feel better. You're like, what was that? What is this song? Well, what it is, is what, it's the result of praise. That praise ushers in the presence of God. But praise also aligns you. Because sometimes we think that, you know, praise changes God. But what it really does is it changes us. God never changes. But it changes you to a point where you can see it again. You're like, oh, wow, we are going through problems, I understand. But, man, God is on my side. And if God is for me, ooh, who can be against me? Oh, man, now I'm reminded that I am more than the conqueror in Christ Jesus. I am reminded that the Lord is my shepherd and I will not lack for anything. I'm reminded that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, I am reminded that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I am reminded that by his stripes I am healed. Why, why am I being Because I'm in his presence. That's what praise does. It's why Psalms 100 Verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Hebrews 13, 15. I'm going to give you a lot of verses because I'm, I'm about to finish. Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer, continually, all the time, on schedule. Make it a lifestyle. Therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So conditions for receiving, number one, praise on schedule. Make it, make it part of your schedule. Make it part of your life. I've said this before. You know, where it is on my schedule is when I'm in the car. I'll always put it on. I might not feel like it and stuff, but I'll put it on. And I'm a weeper. I'm a weeper by nature. What that means is like when the presence of God starts to hit the car, like, I'm probably tearing up again. And sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. I've heard, I've had people beep at me because they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm so blessed. <laughs> you know, I have no idea. And I'm like crying and I maybe have to pull over because I can't see because uh, of all the tears. But man, I, when I'm reminded about how good God has been. See, don't, don't fall for that trap. The enemy will have you convinced that God has been good up until now. And that there's no more goodness. And then the word of God says his mercies are new every morning. You know, that there's grace for today. That there's love for today. He's, he's, his love is everlasting. 
His mercy is unwavering. Like that, that's who God is. Psalms 95 verse 1 says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. When you approach the rock, approach with praise. Number two, conditions for receiving. Number two, meditate on the word. God says it over and over in Psalms 81, if you would listen to me. It's like that kid on YouTube. Listen, Linda. Linda, listen. It's, like it's God every morning saying, John, listen. Just, just listen, listen to me. He says it over and over. And it says, Psalms 1 verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Who does? The person that is blessed. The person whose leaf doesn't fall. The person that gives fruit in season and out of season. What's the common denominator? He meditates on the word. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Again, that forward progress to life by meditating on the word. It's not just knowing what the word says, it's meditating on it. It's like chewing on it. In, in Colombia, we, we have that saying, chew on this. It's just chew, chew on it. Just re remind yourself constantly. Grab a, grab a verse and just have, have that habit of meditating. Psalms 119, verse 15, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Conditions for receiving, number one, praise on schedule. Number two, meditate on the word. And number three, repent from idols. Now, if you were to write down what your goals in life are, I'm not saying that they are idols or not, but maybe. Maybe some of them are. It's, it's where I want to leave you today is, you know, what idols do you have to remove? Because sometimes we're pursuing God for what he can do, not for who he is. And Pastor Joel has spoken about it, you know, lately, these past Sundays. He even mentioned it at Fondren, which if you guys have time today, Fondren, 6 p.m., uh, we're going to be there. It's going to be powerful. I would love to invite you, so I am inviting you, uh, to go to Fondren at 6 p.m. Uh, let's pack the house. Let, let's pursue presence uh, tonight. But it, at Fondren, Pastor talked about how at one point, he, he, he was fighting with God because he was telling him, Father, your word says, that. I think it was Jacob, he, he pursued you and you blessed him. It's like, I am doing the same thing and there is no blessing. And God told him, well, that's because of what you're pursuing. You're not pursuing me. You're pursuing what I can do for you. Your idol is what I can do. It's not me. Like who you're worshiping really is increase in attendance or success in life. Not me. And your, your soul will never find rest in what God can do. Your soul will find rest in him. So this sometimes what, what it takes is for you to kind of like relax a little. <laughs> you know, put pause on the progress just for a moment and say, Father, I, I, I want to be filled by you. I want to be known by you. I, I, I want to be at rest with you. That if nothing else happens by knowing that I have you, I know that I have enough. Because God is enough. You don't need God and what he can do. You just need God. That's where true rest comes. And God is so good, he'll bless you. But 1 John 5, 21 says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
Exodus 20, verses 3 and 4 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make your make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. Isaiah 44, 9, All who make idols are nothing, and the things they treasure are worthless. Those who would speak up for them are blind. They are ignorant to their own shame. So repent from idols. So th three things for today. Praise on schedule. Meditate on the word. And then remove any idols. Re remove what you think will fulfill your joy and start being filled with him. So I'm going to ask that you stand up. We're, we're going to take communion today. By standing up, you remind me that I have to finish. <laughs> People are standing up quicker. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think it's perfect that we're taking communion today because we're reminding ourselves of who the rock is, who, what, what the purpose of life is. It's him. And that just how Moses struck the rock and then provision came out, Jesus was struck. And now because of his sacrifice, there is healing, there is provision, there is peace, there is joy. There is access into the throne that his body, you know, was crushed, was bruised for your healing so that today you go to the rock and you can find healing in the name of Jesus. That because his blood was shed, represented in the juice, because his blood was shed, now you know, the, the, the debt is paid. All your sins are washed away. Now you have access to the throne. Now, it's, it's, it's a VIP access that is unmerited. You don't deserve it, but you have access because of Jesus. So today, as you partake of the elements, I want you to take the time. I want you to take the time to thank him. Thank him for his body. Thank him for the cross. Thank him for his blood. At the same time, make, maybe make inventory. You know, take inventory real quick. Are there idols that I need to remove? Is there something I might need to change on my schedule? When can I meditate on the word more? It's simple. It's easy. It's something that with Pastor Luke we were talking about in between services. Since the beginning of the year, Pastor has been talking about it. The Holy Spirit has been moving us this way. I've been dealing with it. I've been fighting with God for like over 50 times this year because I will tell him, Father, Jesus said that if we take on his yoke, it would be easy and his burden would be light. Why is this harder than it should be? And the same response over 50 times is because you haven't taken on my yoke. Take on my yoke. No, do what my word says. Don't try to fight it by yourself with your own strength. Take on my yoke. Come into my presence. It'll be easy and it'll be light. And Pastor has been talking about this. If, you, if you've paid attention, he's said it in the past few Sundays that we are walking into a promised land. Flowing with milk and honey. I believe it. How many of you believe it today? Amen. So with that, let's, let's pursue what we are meant to pursue today. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the cross. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, because we have access into your throne. We thank you that we can access grace and mercy for today. 
we thank you, Father, for the cross, that, for the blood that was shed. We thank you for the victory at the cross, that now we can declare healing over our bodies, healing for our minds, healing for our soul, Father. We thank you that we are blood washed, that we are washed by the blood and we are cleansed and we are whole and we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Father, we worship you today. Help us remove any idol. Help us remove anything that is impeding a closer relationship with you, Father, that you might be glorified in our life, that you might be glorified in everything that we do and everything that we say, Father. Let you be glorified in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.